Welcome to the Nurse Leader Network podcast with your host, Chris Racinos. Wherever you're going on your nurse leader journey, we're here to help you get there. Hey, Renee, welcome to the Nurse Leader Network podcast. So glad to have you on the show today. Hi, Christina. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me. So today we're going to just kind of dive into a little bit about what you do and, you know, how your work really relates to how we engage our, our frontline nurses. And so, Renee, why don't we start with just um, you kind of sharing with the audience a little bit about what you do, your background. Okay, absolutely. So my name is Renee Davis, and I've been a nurse for 17 years with a specialty, starting out specialty in adult med surge. So working in inpatient, home care, ambulatory, et cetera. But I did that stint for about six years. And then for the past 10 years and counting, I've been working in my absolute passion, which is in nursing education and professional development. And so I recently left my prior employer. I was a uh, corporate nursing professional development uh, educator for one of the larger uh, health systems in the Northeast. And um, I left that to venture on my, kind of start my own entrepreneurial venture in uh, nurse education consulting. And so what I do is that I consult with nursing education entities, whether that be in academia, as I also teach, I'm also faculty in academia for a public university out here, as well as a private university out here in New York. So I consult with academic institutions, as well as hospital organizations and their professional development entities on how educators, again, both in academia and in professional development, can improve or enhance their nurse learner engagement with the integration of, with the increased integration, I should say, of educational technology and design thinking, outcome design thinking, and just making their, their education pop a little bit more just to sum it all up uh, so that our nurse learners are more engaged and they are bringing that content to the bedside or to the patient wherever they might be encountering their patients and having just better patient satisfaction overall with a more engaged learner. Awesome. So for those listeners, you know, my, this show has folks that are just entering into nursing leadership or, or want to enter into nursing leadership, and then we have really seasoned folks. So for those that may be curious, could you talk a little bit about what you think the return on investment is in terms of nurse engagement? Why do we want our nurses to be engaged? Why isn't it okay to just kind of have a module or, you know, our typical way of education? Absolutely. Well, I mean, you know, as educators, like I said, I've been in education for 10 years and counting, and I absolutely love it. However, ever since I started in this specialty, I've seen that, you know, educators, we're, you know, as nurses, we're inherently creative, right? We just know how to, we're just the, the kings and queens of, of workarounds, right? And But I've seen nurse educators <laughs> spending um, an enormous amount of time creating these modules with, you know, 100 plus slides on it with, you know, each slide has like a one chapter of a novel on there or, you know, <laughs> and spending so much time, you know, creating this amazing content, right? But then you have learners that are changing. And I'm seeing it, I was seeing it more and more as I had, um, so in my prior role, we had to conduct kind of like a centralized orientation for those that were being hired nurses and other clinicians, as well as nursing support staff that were being hired into the health system. And I was seeing more and more that our audience was changing. And not even just from a generational thing, because this, this type of situation, learner engagement, transcends the generation situation. 
um, as we are, as I'm sure you know, you see um, the generation mix that's happening, you know, in the hospital setting as as well as in, in other areas in nursing. And so I was seeing this and realizing that we can't keep doing the same things that we've been doing in education year after year after year. And the very common, you know, quote, well, you know, this is how we've been doing it for years. Or this, and it doesn't necessarily mean that it's been working, not necessarily. And so, you know, the return on investment would be decreasing all that time that we are spending creating all these, you know, we've moved, we're trying to move away from lecture. However, there's a lot of educators that are still on the lecture bandwagon, which there are some positive aspects to lecture in terms of content delivery. But again, are we engaging our learner in terms of are we using what's what they're using out there? Are we accessing they're learning the way that that they are accessing everything in their personal life. Now, are we using mobile learning? Are we using, you know, gamification? Are we using more elements in educational technology? Things that will wake them up, uh, literally and figuratively, in our classroom settings, so that they are they're engaged and therefore they can take that information that they now own, making it more learner centric, where they're owning that information, flipping the classrooms, requiring them to own that information. So now they really have a responsibility and accountability for their education and they can take that to the patient versus what's happening now where they're either falling asleep on us or they're unable to do simple return demonstrations on competencies that they should have potentially learned, so to speak, after reading some of our lengthy modules or listening to our hour-long lectures. Yeah, that makes a whole lot of sense. Tell me a little bit about some of the changes that you're seeing in in our learners from prior time to now. Well, I mean, uh, you know, like I mentioned, lecture. You know, I, I read in in, in, a, in a in an article. I, I I read articles, you know, on education and learner engagement every day. So the the author escapes me now. But to quote, where um, oftentimes in a lecture format in the past, you know, lecture was the thing, right? Because you can reach a mass amount of folks in one shot in terms of what you're trying to do and so what you're trying to teach. And that's kind of been, it's been called in one aspect, a quote unquote, spray and pray method, right? Where you spray these copious amounts of education (laughs) and you pray that your learners are going to actually retain it, right? So, you know, what are some newer things? Again, mobile learning, right? Our 99.9% of our nurse learners, and when I use the term nurse learners, it's kind of an umbrella term as far as nursing students or professional nurses, you know, that are already uh, in practice. What are our nurse learners coming to our classrooms with now, whether it be professional development classrooms, our unit-based learning, our just-in-time training or whatever, they're coming with some sort of mobile device, right? And so as opposed to taking all that time to say, put away your devices, put away your devices, what I end up doing is flipping the script on them. And I say, you know, take out your devices, take them out. We're going to use them for a purpose, Okay, you're going to text me your answer. You're going to uh, take part in this quizzing game. You're going to take part in this other, you know, online platform where you can use your phone, right? So these are, that's one of the ways that, one of the newer things that we're seeing. Um, And it's really not that new, to be quite honest. Um, I tend to look outside of nursing a lot to see what other industries, what other corporate industries are using for their learning and development and their corporate training. And we can definitely adapt and use what, what they're doing. Uh, and so I read a lot of of other other content, totally outside of nursing, totally outside of healthcare. Period, and and to see what other folks are using. So mobile learning has been going for quite a while. Gamification has been going for quite a while, where we can just kind of throw a game in the middle of a lecture. We can keep our lecture sure, but then throw some content, throw some other um, elements in there 
uh, that integrates technology in a purposeful way, not just saying, okay, well, you know, it's in the literature that I got, I have to throw in some technology. So I'm going to throw something in here. No, actually use it in a purposeful way and get our learners involved and engaged. Social media, 99.9% of our nurse learners are on some sort of social media platform, right? How can we use that in our learning and development? How perhaps creating Facebook groups, particularly for that class that, you know, that you have. I mean, this is being done in high school settings where the teachers are asking students to create a Facebook page or group just for that classroom, right? So it's away from their personal page and they have a page for the, just for their classroom where they can have online discussions um, about the content that was being taught for that day and come back the next day with information and answers to, to the content that was spoken to. Twitter groups, if you want to go uh, as far as Instagram, where you're using more photos and things like that to get to capture your, your nurse learners. LinkedIn, right? Using LinkedIn as a platform. So social media, absolutely, is changing how we're teaching and, and learning right now. Podcasting, what we're doing right now. Can we use that in some sort of way for nursing education in academia and professional development? Nurses are on the run. We are, we are considered quote unquote, deskless workers. We don't sit. Um, and so we can't necessarily sit and watch modules or sit and listen to a lecture. We need to be on the go. And how can we do that? How can we provide education that can be accessed anywhere and any, any time for our learners? So those are just some of the things that I'm noticing that's changing in nursing education. You talked about flipped classroom. Could you tell me a little bit more about what that is and how you might implement it? So a flip classroom. So we have our nurse learners in the room and let's say we're about to talk about cultural awareness or cultural sensitivity, perhaps. I'm just throwing out a a, a topic here. Um, And we give just the very basic points, very high level overview. And we have our, or perhaps we're we're ending a lesson and we're telling our nurse learners, okay, tomorrow we're going to be talking about cultural awareness or cultural sensitivity, cultural competency. And we provide some high-level bullets about the content that we're going to be talking about. Now they are required to go on their own and research whatever topics that you've put out there, you as the educator have put out there for them. And they are expected to come back to the class the next day or later on in the day, however your classes are situated, with that information to be able to talk about it as a group. Whether you, if you have a large group, if you split them into smaller groups and have them talk about the content and tell you what they've learned about that content with, with whatever specific bullets that you had out there to give them a, a start, you give them a, a starting point, and then they take it and run with it. And what that does is it causes the learner to own that information so that they're not relying on you. It's not instructor-centered. It's not instructor-focused anymore. It's not a passive way of learning. They're not relying on you to provide them with the information. They are the ones that's getting the the education on their own and they're giving it to you. And obviously you're there to facilitate the sessions, make sure that everybody's still staying on target, still staying on focus. And then you're providing your expertise on the topic in addition to whatever they're bringing you. So it's a great way to allow the learner to have that responsibility and accountability on the content. And that way they retain it a lot better than having that information being spoken to them and brought to them. They can bring that to you. And of course, you as the expert, you're the educator, you're there to provide 
the areas where they might have missed or fill in any gaps where they might have not found the information. So again, it, it, it takes, it's another quote that is very often used in education, moving away from that sage on the stage, quote unquote, to that guide on the side. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> it's been around for a while. It's a quote been around for a while, but I love it absolutely all the time. Yeah. I mean, it sounds the different techniques that you're talking about, the different ways to kind of engage. And I mean, it sounds really great, but let's get practical here. Could you tell me about a time that you maybe implemented this in an orientation or an onboarding? And so, you know, I have folks that come through my door every two weeks. We have brand new nurses coming in and sometimes they're students and sometimes they're my employees. And so I'm really interested in how I can get them engaged when we onboard them from the start. So tell me about a time that you've done that and kind of what it looked like. Absolutely. So uh, you're, you're absolutely right in terms of getting practical and getting realistic, right? Because one of the, one of the biggest constraints that I've found in my own kind of unofficial research, so to speak, but meaning like surveys and things that I've done post any of my learner engagement, you know, courses and, and continuing education classes, one of the biggest constraints for nurse educators is time, right? Where do we have the time to um, implement these things? But again, all that time that's being taken to create those modules that are like 50 slides and 100 slides, and this is slides with like all content. I'm not even talking about slide decks that have maybe a few pictures or whatever, so that makes up the slide. No, I mean just every slide is copious amounts of content. Look at the time that's being taken to create that versus the time where you can just take a few moments. A lot of these platforms are very, very user-friendly. They have a lot of white space on the screen, so you can kind of easily go through and they, they offer tutorials. A lot of them are free. A lot of these educational technology platforms, for example. And so the time it takes for you to create those huge slide decks, et cetera, can be used to learn a new platform that you can integrate in your classroom. So for example, we, like I said, in my prior role, Myself with and I worked with a team of amazing educators who I still keep in touch with to this day. They're they're awesome folks, and our senior leadership was amazing in that they allowed us to try different things as long as it was you know within budget. As we know, that's always always a concern, but um within budget that we can try these resources and that it's going to work for our learners where they're going to be more engaged. And so that was great. You have to have that buy-in from your senior leadership first and foremost. And so we had that from them. And so we decided with our orientation, we were entertaining anywhere from 50 to 100 orientees. This is professionals, clinicians, every other week. And those other weeks that we had orientation was, were with nursing support staff. So certified nurses' aides, patient care associates, PCAs, CNAs, et cetera. And we tried these same variations with content delivery with them also, with that population also. But we first tried it with our professional group. And so we're, we're entertaining those numbers on a weekly basis. Or even in academia, I had to teach a transition to nursing professional practice course. This was their senior capstone course. I had to teach that class on a Friday in the spring semester. Yeah, for six hours, by the way. So <laughs> that was another thing where I'm like, OMG, you know, what am I going to do? with these students, you know, for six hours, okay, five and a half, you give them a half hour break for lunch or whatever. What am I supposed to do with them? I can't even stand to hear myself talk for five and a half hours, much less them, right? Those were two distinct situations that I can tell you what we did. So in the orientation aspect, so professional development aspect, we started using platforms like Kahoot, 
Okay. And, and I, I may mention some platforms here with you. I don't work for them. I just, as just so you know, there's no conflict. I don't work for these folks. I'm an independent contractor. I'm just talking about the platforms that I've used that have been successful for me. So gaming platforms such as Kahoot or something like Socrative, which is another quizzing platform where we basically would have our lectures, let's say, um, and on average, the lectures were about 30 minutes, 30 to 60 minutes, depending on what the content was. And we, there was lecture, there was skills demonstration, there was group work, right? We tried to mix it up here and there, but still we needed to get them, when we had the lecture content, we still had to have them a little bit more engaged. And so we would throw in this game where we're asking them, okay, take out your devices. We just talked about XYZ, whatever we might've talked about. Let's answer some questions now related to what we just talked about. And it instantly woke them up. It's like a knowledge check, right? Mm -hmm. And it instantly woke them up and it brought everybody back around. And then we were able to maybe get back into the lecture or start some group work or start some, you know, skills demonstrations or what have you and had the content work that way. You know, if we had e-learning modules, again, I know that we've mo we're moving a lot towards e-learning modules, which is great. However, are we just having them read, 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 and then have them take that inevitable post-test at the end where they end up skipping the content and trying to go to the post-test anyway? Or <laughs> I've never done that, by the way. <laughs> with a... <laughs> Oh, of course not. None, none of us have, right? None of us have. Um, but anyway, uh, we never have done that. But anyway, how can we do something where we're doing little knowledge checks or waking them up when we're in e-learning? So we've had, we had e-learning situations within our professional development where we might have a little cartoon character kind of pop up and say, hey, here's some knowledge check questions that we have for you. And just kind of popping in some questions in between there, in between the content, as opposed to at the end. That also, for the educators, is also a form of formative assessment, a formative evaluation where you can kind of see as you're going how the learner is doing and how the learner is engaging and interacting with your content. So within professional development, we've flexed it in those kind of ways where we've put in, we've integrated the technology right into the lecture or right into the e-learning platform. For my capstone class situation, in addition to me finding guest speakers, because again, I, there was no way I was going to be a talking head for five and a half hours. So I found guest speakers uh, to work with me, to work with the class and to come and speak to them. But I also used polling. Right. So for them, I used Poll Everywhere. And so these were students and Poll Everywhere has been around, as I'm sure you know, for ages. It's been there for ages and it's just another polling platform. It's basically it takes away the use of for those educators that teach in academia. Many folks are still using technology where the students have to purchase clickers. Right. So it's kind of like that audience response system where students have to purchase this. Students are broke. <laughs> okay, so so why don't we use the phones that they're already paying for and have them answer some polling questions? So I used that in the classroom. This was maybe, we're in 2019, this is maybe three years ago, two or three years ago. And so not that long ago, and the students were like blown away. And I'm sitting there like, why are you so blown away by this? Because it was not something, they were not engaged in this type of way in the learning environment. And so um, the students were completely blown away. Again, I was blown away that they were blown away because I'm like, why? This has been around forever. But they told me that their faculty, the majority of their faculty, and this, they're now in their senior year. So they're done with all their content. They're, they're just kind of trudging through, waiting, counting down the days till graduation and finishing up their clinicals that no one had ever tried to engage them 
using some element of, of technology outside of PowerPoint slides. And so those were two specific instances where we found the bang for our buck. And our buck was not necessarily monetary wise, but just like taking a few moments to learn some of these different platforms and seeing how they can be used in learning within academia and professional development. That sounds awesome. I know my team, they um, have you ever been to an escape room? Yes, I love escape rooms. Okay. Oh my gosh. I love them um, unless I get scared. But (laughs) so my team created an escape room for sepsis. And so the gist of it was through teamwork, they had to save the patient from sepsis. We put teams of nurses and physicians as interdisciplinary through the escape room. And that was their competency. And, you know, I had one of the nurses come back to us and tell us, I haven't seen sepsis in a really long time. And the other day I was able to recognize it in a patient and we got that patient the care they needed really timely because it stuck with her. And so it was really kind of impactful in terms of the ways that we educate our folks. Absolutely. That being said, if there's listeners on the show that I'm sure are really interested in this and would love to take it to their medical centers and their educational settings, tell me you know, if I was interested in this and I hadn't heard of how to do this, what would be first st- or second step? How would it, how would we begin to improve learner engagement from where we sit? Take stock of as educators, again, that you're, that are, might be your listeners, um, that are going to be your listeners, not might be, but will be your, your listeners as they are nurse leaders. Take stock of your learners, right? Do what we've, and now keeping in mind that I completed a master's program as a clinical nurse specialist, not in a nursing education master's graduate degree. However, I, so I learned on the go in my prior role. I was there for eight and a half years. And so I learned on the go all of those elements that completed their graduate degree in nursing education, those that they learned that. And one of the things that we learn is we first assess, right? Nursing process, learner needs assessment, right? Take stock of your learners in the room. Take a look at not just generation, but that's one of them. Um, because also, like I, I think I mentioned earlier in our in our broadcast, in that using innovative trends in learner engagement transcends generation. So we're seeing an unprecedented for about around four generations working in the same, sometimes on the same unit, um, definitely in the same hospital, from baby boomer down to our Generation Z folks that's coming in. And so how can we use that to pivot how we deliver our content? How can we, and it doesn't all have to be technology-based, right? Just something a little bit more innovative, just like your escape room. It's not technology-based, right? But it was just something innovative. And innovative doesn't necessarily have to be tech-based. It's just thinking differently. Like our good friend Steve Jobs always said, just think differently. And so how can we use the, the more seasoned nurses that laid the foundation and have paved a lot of the way in nursing? How can we use them to help our Gen Zers, perhaps, and this is just an example, with, with communication? Because we find when we do the research and we do the reading on our generations, Generation Z, again, this is not a knock against them, our newer, younger generation, communication is somewhat of a problem for them. Why? Because they are communicating online. They're communicating in social media. And so they don't really know how to communicate effectively, right? They, commun- they know how to talk, 
but I see, and we see it every day in our, in our regular interactions, right? When I go to the stores and I'm not that far away from Gen Z, so I'm not trying to put a bigger, a higher age on myself, but um, I see it every day where I go to the stores and I have, a, I'm interfacing with a younger person who might be, you know, a cashier or what have you, and they're not looking at me or they're on their phone. They're, they are experts at multitasking. They are on their phones while they're ringing up my order while they're speaking to another cohort. It's absolutely mind boggling, but it's amazing to watch, right? So how can we engage our generations? Just an example in terms of taking stock of our learners, right? And doing our needs assessment so that we can see what are some ways, because technology may not be necessarily the way. It might be something like like what you guys implemented, the escape room, or doing something like a I know another site hospital that's out here on on, on the East Coast that's um, their their directors of education are or nursing education are near and dear friends of mine. They did something like a crime scene, like a CSI type of thing, and it it sounds gory. It was not, <laughs> um, but it, it was not. But it just just another just another aspect, you know, of how we can look at our learners and just take stock of where they are in their learning journeys, and then go from there. And how we can how we can change our devel- our delivery of our content. Awesome. So, I mean, with all this to say, where do you think nursing education is going to be in the next decade, and are we ready for that change? So, I think I think we're moving in a direction where you know, even though I said it's not all about technology, it's it's all about technology. So, I'm contradicting myself already. But in terms of again, just there's so many different ways that folks are obtaining, processing, learning information. That's why I said that this kind of conversation, learner engagement, transcends the generation situation. Any learner that walks through your door, whatever generation that they identify with, they are getting their information in so many different ways. It's, it's, It's absolutely overwhelming, the amount of ways to get information, podcasting, obviously online, social media, et cetera. How can we capture that, right? How can we capture that in the new decade that's upon us? Um, how can we be ready for it? Engage in our own professional development. Seek out our own professional development. The time to sharpen our, our saw. Stephen Covey, that author of um, Habits, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. How can we sharpen our own saw as educators to keep up to date and be current with what's happening in education and education trends? looking outside of nursing, seeing what other industries are doing to engage their learners. And there is going to be aspects of technology, learning, using technology, mobile learning. That's where we are. Our learners need to be able to access their content anywhere. And they need to be sitting in a local coffee shop and being able to access their learning anywhere, anytime. And um, unfortunately, a lot of us are bound by these learning management systems, which again, I'm not knocking any learning management systems because they are good for what they do in terms of tracking and reporting, right? And a lot of educators, that's that's our bread and butter. We need to have the outcomes and, and reports to show that our learners completed their education or whatever. But it's not just about completing it. Are they completing the education, but are they taking it with them to their patients, right? Are we seeing that knowledge transfer? especially with our new nurse grads, where there's still a gap in knowledge, right? From what they learned in school to what they're seeing at the, in the clinical area with the patients, there's still a little bit of a gap because again, that also ties to in academia. In a lot of cases, there are curriculums that are still focusing on the hospital patient, 
And so, but we have so many different patients now. Healthcare is moving back into the community. So are we talking about the patient that's in their home or the patient that goes to a dialysis center three times a week or the patient that's in the nursing homes, et cetera? Really looking at what, where healthcare is going in the next decade and beyond, where our nurse learners are coming from in the next decade and beyond, and seeking out our own professional development. So we can, we, as educators, we take so much time in sharpening the saws of our learners. A lot of times, except for conferences, you know, we, we attend conferences, et cetera, again, but these conferences, they, they, they give us so much information, but I think it's an area of continuous professional development on our part, our meaning the nurse educators part, to see what is out there. And again, not just seeking out those CEUs, but looking for professional development in other areas outside of nursing that can help us along the way. Great. I, I mean, I, I think everything that you said is just so true, especially just looking outside of nursing and, and taking accountability for our own development in terms of what it is we're trying to get to see. I just I resonate so much with that. So, Renee, you mentioned a bunch of different platforms, Kahoot, Socrates, Pull Everywhere for the audience I'll be linking all of those software sites to the show notes. If the audience would like to learn more about you, Renee, or what you do, where can they find you? So I am on LinkedIn under Renee Davis. You can find me there. I'm also on Twitter, the handle of at ProDevo. So that's P-R-O-D as in David, E-V-O, ProDevo, the name of my company, ProDevo Design and Consulting. And then also on my website, ProDevoGroup.com. Awesome. Thanks for an awesome show, Renee. I'm so glad that we were able to get you on the show. And I'm so thankful that we were able to have you and and share kind of all this wisdom around nursing professional development. It was amazing. Thank you so much. I'm I'm always happy. As you can tell, I talk way too much. I love to share, you know, knowledge and just my passion. I just, my mission is to just make sure that nurse educators are, you know, sharpening their saw, like I mentioned, and just educating themselves and um, seeking their own professional development on ways that they can increase learner engagement and that they can just arming educators with that knowledge, mindset, confidence, and tech tools to be able to make more memorable, meaningful, you know, educational experiences and and make it memorable and meaningful for everyone involved, for the educator as well, so that they're not, you know, sitting there pulling hairs out, trying to, you know, figure out what slide that they're up to next or, or what have you. So, you know, how can we make this, this fun and, but memorable and meaningful for everyone involved? Yeah. That, that's, that's been my mission. That's my passion within education, nursing education. Yeah, it definitely shows. It really shows. Well, thanks again. Thank you so much, Christina.